Hi, hi, hi. Howdy. It's me. It's Destiny, your least interesting friend. And welcome to my podcast. Yeah, you heard that right. My podcast. I finally fucking did it after many years of people saying, oh my god, Destiny, you should totally have a podcast. I would totally listen to it and me saying, okay, but I'm I'm not interesting enough to have a podcast. It finally dawned on me that I could just interview people who are more interesting than me and that would be enough. So that's what we're doing. And uh, I gotta say, it took me a while to come up with a good gimmick for this thing. How on earth would I get, like, more than two people to listen to it? it? It took a lot of thinking. For example, here's one of the first drafts that I came up with. It's Saturday night, and I have had too much to drink. Hello. Hello. It was most of a bottle of wine. Anyway, you know, I'm like a pleasant buzzed, I will say. And in this pleasant buzz, I'm thinking about how... I got one of those really tiny microphones you see people interviewing other people with on TikTok. And I thought that it would be a really good segment if I could interview my hamster, Clementine. Clementine, uh, here I am with her. She's a very small orange hamster and also the love of my life. So that being said, she requires no further introduction. Here she is. Clementine, what do you think about the state of America these days? Wow, I had no idea you felt that way. Quite a strong opinion coming from such a little ham. Understood. And how do you how do you feel about Joe Biden now that he is the president of the United States of America? She said no further questions. It appears Clementine does not want to be interviewed right now. Instead, she would rather run on her wheel and stand on her hind legs in what we often call the macaroni and or gummy bear position. So uh, she just, she's very busy. So I suppose I'll have to interview my roommate instead. Well, Matthew Bravo, I'm testing this tiny microphone. How do you feel about tiny microphones in the state of our union? Microphone small. Union big. Yeah. Any further comment? Eat toast. Thank you, Matthew Bravo. You truly are the best interview I've ever had. You're welcome. As you can see, uh, that was not my finest work or the best concept I could come up with. Really can't get 45 plus minutes of content out of that gimmick. So I came up with the current one. Welcome to Falling in Love with My Friends, where I interview my most interesting friends using questions from the New York Times, 36 questions that lead to love. If you haven't had the pleasure of stumbling across these questions yet, consider yourself lucky. The concept gained popularity in a 2015 essay in the Modern Love column of the New York Times by Mandy Lynn Catron called To Fall in Love with Anyone, Do This. She refers to a study by the psychologist Arthur Aaron that explores whether intimacy between two strangers can be accelerated by having them ask each other a specific set of personal questions. There are 36 questions in total, three sets of 12, with each set intended to be way more probing and uncomfortable than the last. On that topic, I have heard many 
a horror story about an overly optimistic Tinder date where two strangers attempt to recreate this study in not a laboratory setting. And usually it ends up being fucking awkward because God knows it is very hard to just reveal incredibly personal information about yourself to somebody you're worried about is like is judging you completely so you know you gotta trust somebody's not judging you and that's for me that's that's why i think it's better to do this with people that i'm already friends with i have always thought that this is best done in a purely platonic manner honestly if you ask me i think the idea of falling in love with somebody after only 36 questions is total and complete bullshit if you ask my current boyfriend, he'd probably tell you that it takes me like 36 questions a day about God knows what. I, I'm a very, very anxious person, uh, and I definitely have an anxious attachment style if you are into that psychological stuff. But anyway, um, that's why I'm foregoing some kind of shitty Tinder date that this would usually happen on and instead i'm interviewing people that i would like to get to know better instead of bombarding them with like 36 vague shitty overly personal questions at once i'm just going to dedicate each episode to one question and see where it goes it might be silly it might be serious i don't really care the point is just to have a nice conversation with people that i think are cool and i hope by the end of each episode you'll think they're just as cool as i do Speaking of cool, let me get to my first guest, Thomas Kadat of Portland, Oregon. As is the case with a lot of my guests this season, Thomas and I went to high school together in small town Texas, and we ran in a lot of the same crowds, but never really actually talked until after we graduated. We sprung up a fun social media friendship and have been chatting back and forth about whatever dumb bullshit comes to mind for the better part of like a decade. And so this is my first actual conversation with him, not over text messages. That being said, because it can't be an inaugural episode without massive technical difficulties, my equipment stopped working literally 10 minutes before the interview. So the audio you're about to hear was recorded from my cell phone, from my closet, to block out any extra background noise. So if you're an audio quality person, I'm sorry. I'm fucking trying to. Though, I gotta say... For being recorded in a closet, I am still pretty pleased with how hashtag closetcast2021 came out. Here's the official falling in love with my friends theme song, which my brother made for me. Holy shit. Enjoy. He's incredibly talented. Let's do this thing. This is a podcast for the people. This is a podcast by your least interesting friend. But the twist is that your least interesting friends got a lot of interesting friends. This is a podcast about falling in love with my friends. I'm 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 falling in love with my friends. This is Falling in Love with My Friends. Well, guys, I'd like to bring on the rootinest, tootinest 
hot as hoe and all of Portland tearing up the streets day in, day out, looking like a million bucks. This bitch is a snack, Mr. Thomas Kadat. After an intro like that, I am oh. truly humbled. Wow. Thank you. We're doing it. It's happening now. It's like, I think this is the only time that we have actually had a real conversation outside of, like, social media. <laughs> and <that's- laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. We have never hung out exactly. in real life. We went to high school together, but we have never hung out in real life. But yes. I would consider you a friend, of course, through social means. I, you're on my close friend list on Instagram, so it counts. Yeah, absolutely. I knew Thomas in high school. He dated a mutual acquaintance of mine. And everyone that I knew knew you and talked about how cool you were. But I never actually talked to you. Yeah, I think it was just that there was never a time where we ever got to overlap you were more like the theater crowd and i was definitely in the band crowd doing all of that good lord how many years ago was high school now let's not talk about that (laughs) so many years (laughs) yeah i know oh god next question okay (laughs) um i picked thomas to be my first guest for the question if you could have dinner with anybody in the entire world, living or dead, who would they be? And I got a lot of answers for this. Um, You know, I had Terry Gross uh, from NPR's Fresh Air. I got, somebody said their husband, which I thought was super cute. Uh, I think Gal Gadot was one of them, which is like, yeah, okay. Thomas was very different. You were a little intoxicated, I believe, when you answered this. Mm-hmm. I sure was. Yes, thank you. So I I went on Instagram and I asked kind of all my friends uh, if they could answer that question for me. And Thomas said, and I quote, this is far too general of a question. Everyone has heard this question a thousand times and won't be interested to hear <laughs> anyone else's answer. Also, how would you respond aside from, that's a good one. I hope this is helpful and not hateful. I'm drunk! Exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> wow, I am truly a, a bold person. I just will just put it out there. I am horrified by that at this point. But in the moment, I was just like, here's some very gentle uh, like thoughts I was having. Thanks for not being angry at that. No, I wasn't. I I, uh, I like whenever people call me out about that shit. So I said, after you sent me your very long, impassioned, gentle correction speech on Instagram, the right person will have an interesting answer. And to me, you had the most interesting answer. You said, no, this question causes me a lot of anxiety, and I wouldn't know how to answer this. And I was like, oh, that's a, a pretty pretty good answer in and of itself i want to talk about why we hate this question so much let's get to the bottom of that anxiety why does it suck for you i feel like for me this question always came up in like forced settings which 
are something that I think all of us inherently hate. But this was always like the like icebreaker they would do at your like really dumb freshman orientation. Like I think I always hated it because it meant that I was going to have to like give some sort of answer that people were going to generically judge that I didn't know or wouldn't have the opportunity to ever get to know really truly further if I was going to be focusing on like the things that I should be. And so I don't know. It was just like always frustrating in that way. I could definitely see that. For sure. Did you ever give any facts that were actually fun when it was like they would ask you, like, uh, state your name, your major, and uh, a fun fact about yourself? Did you ever have anything fun? No. I actually, you know, sometimes if I was being serious, I'd, you know, say, like, my fun fact or, like, something would be, like, that I had once been chased by a bull at a rodeo. Because that's just some real Texas shit. That is a very Texas story. I know, yeah. Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls! (laughs) I know. 2007. My boyfriend's friend was like a journalist there and wrote for like the paper. And every time he would go up to visit him, he said, like, they would go to the mall and it would still look like it was 2007. Yeah. Shout out to Psych Center Mall. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We're literally putting you on the map right now. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. yeah, So I that was my fun fact. Did you ever have a fun fact whenever you were forced into these situations? Uh. I get forced into these situations a lot because I work a corporate job and we have a lot of like seminars and stuff we have to go to. Oh my God. Doing this for a professional reasons is even worse. (laughs) Jesus. So, you know, I mean, I'll always be like, Oh, my fun fact is that I do competitive karaoke or that, um, I keep hamsters or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've got to say, doing competitive karaoke, that is a very HR-approved activity and just, like, very funny and just, like, very cool. That is, like, I don't know. Like, that would actually pique my interest if somebody were to say that at work. Because I hate when everyone's like, and I love time, you know, spending it with my family. You know, it's like, I'm sure that that toddler's great, but I'm also sure you'd like to watch something that isn't a cartoon. Yeah. Long time. Unfortunately, most people are just like, oh, that's nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, those are usually my fun facts. I do remember one time in college, whenever I first started at Texas College of Champions, aka Tarrant County Community College, <laughs> I do remember <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know why I said this. I think my fun fact was like, if I hate you, you'll know it immediately, I think is what I said. <laughs> I um, and I hate most people. I think that is like what I said. I don't I, what compelled me to say that. But no, but like needless to say, nobody talked to me for that entire semester. And I guess I preferred it that way. Wow, bitch. You went in. Sorry. Are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, perfect. Wow, you went and you walked up in there and you went at that like prison style. Like I'm not here. I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> well, it was community college, so really, I was not. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I am focusing on my studies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. I am going to go back to my minimum wage job after this and maybe eat a sandwich in between. Yeah, yeah. Everything is all my way. This will be our last conversation. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> that I love that energy, honestly. I I can't believe that I did that because that is so... That does not, not seem like something, anything you would normally do, I would agree. No. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That was my fun fact. Uh, what's like the worst, worst icebreaker activity that you've had to do for anything? Oh my God, this is really going to, wow, this is going to blow your socks off kids. I'm now, (laughs) I'm now living in Portland, Oregon. So now living in Portland, having lived here for almost 40 years, looking back on this activity in a small Texas college town, I am just baffled. But my worst icebreaker activity was this one, and it was my freshman year of college. All of the first term freshmen that they would make, take this class to talk about like how to like do college basically and like how to manage time when you're not trapped in the same you know building with like a set preset schedule or you know when mom and dad aren't there to guide you and like all of this stuff which was really dumb um but there was this one time where then it was this like long drawn out 20 minutes of everybody line up on one side of the room and i'm gonna say this and if this applies to you go to the other side of the room oh we did this before we did that for like 20 minutes And that ended with a speech about how nobody can ever say that they're not oppressed. And again, this is in a small college, Texas town. So this is a speech coming from and to a group of entirely white people. And it ended with a moral about how all of us have, you know, faced adversities. And if they try, they were really trying to make it seem like, you know, so we need to be more compassionate to things. But they're just like, we're all oppressed. We're all oppressed. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is really weird. And somehow thrown into that because this course was led by a professor and then like a senior student. And so she was like student teaching this as part of the like education program. He then chimed into it to talk about how sometimes you got to work with people you don't know. And he started talking about gay people. And he was like, I've got cousins that are gay, but you know what? I just don't support it. It's like, not for me. Not for me. And that all got wrapped into one activity. One conversation. That was all happened in 30 minutes in the first week of this course. And that's how you knew you chose the right college for you. Honey, I will. T- I say this with pride, but I went to college on my own financial accord, and I went to the second cheapest um, four-year university in the state of Texas um, because that is what I could afford, and it was uh, a step above bottom of the barrel. And uh, that's where I rest my hat. I feel like you would not do well there. I was still surprised that you did as well as you did, given the place that you were. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. That, well, yeah, that was yeah. cool. 
I zoned out. I put blinders on. I was just like, I am. I didn't make a lot of friends in college. I went there. I got very involved with research and my relationship. And I was just like, those. That's what I'm doing. Got it figured out. Nobody. Mm-mm. We are in the panhandle of Texas. So essentially, your attitude was the same as my fun fact, where it was like, if I don't like you, you'll know it. Oh yeah, I gotta say actually. I was kind of a bitch and a half in college, like with my research. I took myself very seriously and I was like, everybody needs to get out of my way. This is my ticket out of uh, this state, you know, like I gotta, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be something. And, and so I was embodying that. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a moment. I was the same in college. I was yeah. very, very driven, very all business, very passionate about what I wanted to do and like I thought that was the most important thing in the world and then I graduated and I was like no <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no yeah that man being in college especially if you're living on campus that is such a the bubble effect is very real yeah mm-hmm. uh, so if you like had had to pick somebody to invite to dinner. Okay. Who would it be? It could be anybody. I don't care. For me, I was like thinking about it. And so my cop-out answer was like always Anthony Bourdain. But then I just kind of thought about how this pandemic has been and how little I've seen of everyone I know. And honestly, I would settle for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah maybe not uh, a ben warm shapiro. body yeah <laughs> just a body maybe not ben shapiro mm-hmm. uh, but you know anybody else would do i think <laughs> i always okay so i was trying to think if i had to really give an answer because i feel like especially growing up in like texas culture whenever you were always presented these questions there was always somebody who's like I'd had dinner with Jesus and you're just like, of course you would Mary. Like I like, (laughs) no, like I am sorry. Listen, I I was raised Catholic. At one point I was going to private Catholic school. So I still live with that primal fear of a higher power, you know, and like shame's a big, you know, driving force in my life. So I say this with fear, but I would absolutely not choose a higher power to have dinner with because I don't know about y'all, but like if I'm eating, let's have fun. I eat for fun. I don't know. And I feel like I would need to be just like very serious and like doing things. And I don't feel like I would really want to like know everything about the world. Like that would obviously be an overwhelmingly powerful experience if it were to happen, but not, not where my train of thought takes me. Having dinner with a higher power, do you think? that they would like sit there and let you ask them questions like about the world or like what things mean or just whatever like deeper meaning things are or do you think they would have like a no shop talk policy like oh my god i can do it this day man can we just like talk about what's on hbo right now or like just anything else please yeah wow okay that's a thought I don't know. See, because also I feel like that conversation, if that's real, you know, like 
I feel like that would be a conversation that needs to happen at death. Could you imagine walking away from that and being like, cool, guess I'll go back to my nine to five. Great. Can't wait to punch the clock after having dinner with, you know, my literal creator. <laughs> you know? And knowing the second I no longer have the physical ability to show up here because I'm deceased, I get to go back to that magnificent meal I was just having for eternity. What like, if they were just really boring? Who's who's to say? Okay, let's think about if they were like no shop talk. I think that's a hilarious approach. What if it was just like, oh man, let me tell you about like they're like, woof, I've had a hard day of, you know, godding all that. <laughs> <laughs> like they just kind of unloaded and needed to bitch about their day. Like, oh wow, wow, how powerful that would be to be like chosen to like have, you know, like a creator confide in you, but also think how heavy that would be. Imagine all the world's problems and like the one person who's responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, let me tell you about my hard day. I feel like you'd walk away so fucking depressed. And I'm sorry, it's 2021. I, after what we, we just went through, I don't have the emotional tank to take on something at that level. I might go straight to hell just for this conversation alone, but at the end of the day, I'm being I'm being honest. And I just think that they would I think that I think that they deserve dinner with somebody else. Like they deserve to have dinner with Oprah. You know, like that'd be a great person for them to oh, don't do that to Oprah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She would want to do that either. But what okay, what if you had to have dinner with Satan? Like what if he's the same deal? He's like, uh, oh, God, I was torturing this bitch today, and she had the audacity to ask me to hit harder. <laughs> like, like me. I, you're not no. here to fulfill your fetishes, Betty. <laughs> oh my God, could you imagine that? Like somebody, like a total masochist. Could you imagine just like the ultimate masochist going to hell and just loving it and like the frustration? That should be a TV show. Oh my God. That's an adult swim show right there. Like Satan is just so frustrated because there's this one really messed up person that's just like loving every minute of it. Well, what if it was like, so that person, okay, what if heaven and hell in this universe, this person is a total masochist and they love all this shit. What if their heaven is someone else's hell that is not a masochist and vice Mm. versa? Ooh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. There's no good place. There's no bad place. There's just what is the best or worst place for you, depending on how many good boy points you have. That's interesting. Sometimes I also think that heaven and hell are real and we're in the good place because it sometimes the u.s feels like a paradise but it feels a bit like going insane every day i don't remember where i read it you know how they all said like the world was supposed to end in 2012 or whatever (sighs) yeah yeah i I wish they were right that would have saved me a lot of fucking problems let me tell you that so there is a a going theory that the world did in fact end in 2012 and we've all been in hell ever since (sighs) wow that's something yeah yeah Mm. i don't know i don't know if having dinner with satan would be that much like what if you had steak what if he likes his steak well done i don't know that's a no for me that's with ketchup ew weird gross i i know somebody this individual ate steak like a fucking hockey puck like charred wanted it to flake black needed full gray in the center 
and just love that. And to me, that is just wrongful. That would be torturous to watch. Also, what a very Texas thing to like just know. Like that's something very primal in us to be like, ah, oh, imagine if they like their steak dry. <laughs> Every Texan is born knowing that you should only have steak medium or medium rare or even rare yeah. if you're feeling a little bit animalistic that day. Yeah. This is something that we just know innately. They put it on our birth certificate. Right. Ask each other about it as we ride our horses to school. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yes. Oh yeah, those those horse those horse drawn days Texas. <laughs> Uh, which ironically I did use to own a horse um, or two. It was Wichita Falls though. So that was yeah, that was a that was a different time for sure. I'm sure your horse was named Wichita and you yeah. kept an extra stake in your ten gallon hat. <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. I never had horse well, I mean I was like purely a hundred percent a city girl my entire life. I don't know really? what I would do. With a horse, yeah. Uh, Where all I, have you lived? <laughs> nowhere interesting, really. I mean, everything is DFW centric for me. Um, then, and then we moved to Austin, and we've been living here about three years now. So, to I think I'm doing myself a disservice to only live in the same state my whole life, but also I live in an HEB sandwich where I can mm-hmm. go to an H-E-B anytime I want, and it really is the most wonderful grocery store in the whole world. Yeah, that's something to not give up lightly. But I'm a huge slut for, like, fancy grocery stores. You know what I miss so fucking bad? Central Market. Oh, Central Market. So I good. used to live so close to the Central Market that's in Dallas. Oh, and man used to go there and just pick out on the free samples on like a Sunday. That was a free lunch. Let me tell you what. And just uh, you feel you feel rich just going into grocery stores like that. So for a project in college, I literally I I based it on fancy grocery stores and comparing the types of kettle chips that you could buy at each fancy grocery store. And it was an excuse to go to every single one in one day. Wow. Yeah. It was worth it. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Wow. That's powerful. What I mean, please. I mean, what a cliffhanger. What are what's your favorite kettle chip? Okay. Uh, specifically, it has to be the Cape Cod jalapeno. Like Ooh. the sweet and spicy one. Specifically Cape Cod. That's the best one. Okay. Because yes, I know the type. I like the Lay's version is too greasy. Mm, and then mm, I the, agree. there's like another brand. Oh, Miss Vicky's is a little bit greasy and it always gives me like acid reflux. But Cape Cod, it's not as greasy. Instead of being absolutely coated in jalapeno flavor, it's kind of studded all around it so that it's like a perfect balance. Yeah. I love that when like they've really considered each piece of the experience for my job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I need to feel cared for. And if you can't deliver that, I will go to the next bag. Thank you. I'm very high maintenance when it comes to my potatoes. Yeah. Can I say I fucking love boxed mashed potatoes? Oh. It's real gross. 
But I gotta tell you what, there are some that are damn good. There really are. No judgment, because for Thanksgiving uh, this year, which was a total letdown because, you know, obviously, pandemic, uh, my roommate and I just got a bunch of boxed mashed potatoes from Costco, and they were some of the best I've ever had. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, the Idaho loaded baked potato, it comes in a pouch. It's not even in a box, you know, That's which I one. love. Saving on packaging. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Two cups yeah, of water. Yeah, that's the exact one. It was so good. Yeah. yeah, it was ready in fucking five minutes. And I was like, great, this is one serving size. Thank you very much. And I just yeah. sat down on the couch, ate mashed potatoes. I played a little Pokemon. And it was a great day. Oh, that sounds incredible. I know. Yeah, self-care queen. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> to eat an entire bowl of mashed potatoes by itself, I do have to ask. Were there any other illicit substances involved, or was this a sober decision? Oh, I was definitely very high, and well, it's legal where it's I legal am. There, so and it's very cheap. It's way cheaper than alcohol. Let me tell you that. I can get a pre-rolled joint that's a full gram for like under two dollars just down the street. My friends in LA, there's like some kind of delivery service that they have that just like delivers them edibles just like whenever they want it's like a subscription service and i'm like god damn my roommate <laughs> ordered delivery weed to our apartment and it was so easy and they give punch cards it's like you just order it's like uber eats for weed and i'm like holy shit this is the best thing i've ever seen when will texas wake up i know when will we wake up? do you guys have go puff there is that a thing you know I see ads for it all the time, but every time I've tried to download it in my area, it doesn't work. Mm, that's amazing. For you listeners at home, uh, <laughs> uh, GoPuff's uh, a lovely app designed for stoners, really. It's munchy food. You can get any type of ice cream you can imagine. Like They've got all the Ben & Jerry's flavors, let me tell you that. Uh, Talenti on deck a 12 pack of cokes like anything you really need chips they got you and they pretty much run 24 hours so oh my god so go puff uh if you need to sponsor me please feel free i use postmates a lot postmates is a big deal here i um, love postmates but Postmates is something, so in Portland, uh, the buildings all have like a lot of secure access and homelessness is a big problem here, oh, yeah. um, or houselessness, I should say. Um, and so the buildings have very complex entry systems at times. And the Postmates doesn't have a whole lot of space for leaving instructions how to find your apartment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and irritating. So I tend uh, tend to have to use Uber Eats, but I really don't like using Uber. Yeah. Uber so don't sponsor this. Yeah, don't. I'm not we giving don't you it. this space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's good to get it in at the early rounds um, before we get swallowed up by, you know, a big angel investor or, you know, anything like that. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank, so don't even get me started about investments. I'm Basically, Barbara Cochran at this point. Which Shark Tank investor would you have dinner with? Or which one would you like to have dinner with the most? 
And which one would you hate to have dinner with the most? I, hmm. Oh, let me really think about this. Um, I want to have dinner with Barbara. Barbara is incredible. She's everything I want to be. She's just, she's great. She's hilarious. And just so like uninhibited. I feel like she's just like, whatever, man, like I'm in for this. Like she doesn't care if it's a shit business plan. If she thinks it's funny or kooky, she just goes for it. Cause she's rich enough to do it. And I'd love to feel that for even just like five minutes of my life. You know, I feel like dinner with Lori would be boring, but I feel like there'd be a lot of sexual tension involved. Oh, um, yeah, and maybe that's problematic to say, but I just feel like I just feel like my personal experience with Lori, that would be the attitude happening. Oh uh, yeah. I I don't know if I would enjoy dinner with Damon. He he always surprises me if he's gonna go in or out, but I feel like he goes out on a lot too many deals. And it seems like he's more of like the surefire investor in the tank. Well, Mark's kind of like that too, but he's he's so billionaire rich that he'll kind of do a lot of things. Anyways, I don't know how this turned into my review of Shark Tank, but um, Mr. Wonderful, I feel like that could almost be funny because I feel like he's just more of a character than anything. And he's like portrayed as this bad guy, but like, I don't know that he does anything really bad. Well, I'm sure he does because it's corporate America. So, let's, <laughs> you know, is there anything good there? Um, <laughs> I think Mark would be like halfway through dinner and he'd be like so um, like want some blow or something and it'd be like oh god I wasn't ready for this level of like rich person <laughs> you know I feel like there'd be like those movie qualities of like what the fuck's happening and like how is this legal or allowed but it's actually not and then what's the other guy's name Robert I feel like he'd be fun he's hilarious he just seems like a great guy he feels like who you'd want to be your dad Hmm. I don't know. I never got the big dad energy. He's the one that I would least want to have dinner with. Really? Yeah. I feel like he's the dad that will be like, oh no, our, our soccer team doesn't have a coach. And he's like, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just some sort of weird fantasy I have for him, I guess. But he just seems like like the good person. Like, he's a father, a replacement father figure. If That's he the was, reason why you've been watching all the Shark Tank. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> looking for my dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, I feel like if he was an animal, Robert would be a golden retriever. I could see it. I could see it. I guess I haven't watched like a ton of Shark Tank, but he always seemed to be the one that made the dumbest investments. He likes a story. Like, he just wants a feel-good moment. And I like um, that. Like, he's a hard-on-the-sleeve type of guy. And I just like that because I'm a sucker for a story. I I would like to have dinner with Mark Cuban. Not because I admire him, but just because I just want to see how intense he is in person. I think he would be, like, like a halfway through your shrimp scampi. And then be like, so uh, you want to do some blow in the bathroom with a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader? Like, whoa, Mark, let's slow down. Yeah, yeah. He's like, great, after this, we're going to do ketamine on the the wood planks of the Maverick Stadium. He's got his hand in so many fucking business avenues that the only way you could keep up with that is to just be on drugs the whole time like i feel like he'd be the person that's like just talking the whole time through dinner where like you never get a word in and would just be like snapping and being like oh yeah hey come here let's get more of this like, i view him as like an italian mob boss i don't know why oh yeah 
But I will say, in Dallas, whenever I was real bored and had nothing to do, um, I would go drive through Mark Cuban's neighborhood. And I would call it taking a trip down Never Gonna Happen Lane. And I would just look (laughs) at all the big, beautiful houses (laughs) in Highland Park, Dallas. And you're just like, wow, look at all these houses. And then going on Zillow and like looking up how much money they have. I also go on Zillow and look at really expensive houses. Oh, I love Rich people have the worst fucking interior design skills. I gotta tell you, it's awful. There Mm -hmm. There is something about the way they hold on to outdated things that is just really terrible. Everything is brown. It's always brown. brown. So much brown. Yeah. Like it's just brown, shiny wood, especially like in Texas because, oh God, Texas, Texans with money. Interior it is going to be, things. it is going to be dark brown woods and granite mm-hmm. countertops and slate floors. And that is Leather what you're furniture. getting. Leather furniture, uh huh. There is going to be a cow skull, mm-hmm. yeah, and probably stars. There's going to be a so rusted bronze star somewhere mm-hmm. in that household. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and rope. There's going to be like. There's going to be a rope. Oh, a big yeah. twisted rope decor, and like not in a kinky way, just in like a. Yeah. It's here for some reason. Way mm-hmm. and staircases. They love horrible staircases. Oh, they love a staircase moment and let them put like the, the Texas people are the type of people will like go to a thrift store to get an old beat up pair of boots to put it out as display, like decoration beside the rope and the boots. Be like, oh, oh boy, you point. know, a cowboy lives here. <laughs> Just like, Meanwhile, eh. the middle of Dallas. Yeah, I'm like, like OK, <laughs> sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Or sorry, sure, uh, Jebediah. Or (laughs) Carol Ann. Carol Ann. Um, Man, even with anybody on Shark Tank, the thing with like, if I picked a celebrity to like have dinner with, I don't want to, I don't want a celebrity to watch me eat. I just, some people say like, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't want Jake Gyllenhaal to watch me try and eat spaghetti. Like, it's it's going to be a bad time, and the stylist is going to put me in a white dress. I just know it. I already don't look good in white, and I'm going to get that shit all over me, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be sexy. Yeah, absolutely. I am not having dinner with anybody I'm attracted to. That is not happening. You're not going to watch me eat and have continued interest. Like, that's just, that's, I don't know. <laughs> It's like, all right, let's let's go the celebrity route. Like, who are we talking about there? But there's not really, I don't know. I don't, I think I'd go with Leslie Jones. Oh, I love Leslie Jones. I think that would be my pick. Yeah. She's oh, so fucking funny. And that is like, I like to eat and laugh with somebody. And I feel like I would just need to go with a purely fun person. And mm-hmm. that would be the path that I would go with. And My celebrity you... would be Fortune Feimster. Or Feimster. Feimster or Feimster? I don't know. Yeah, or do I? Oh, uh, you don't? Ah! She just has, like, the best sense of humor, I think. I, she's super funny in, like, a not a pretentious way at all. That's um, good. I like humor that... Um, Kind of like is lowbrow. I like oh, a yeah. cheap laugh. You know, I'm not, and 
I'm not a sophisticated humorist. I want like it to kind of be a little like you shouldn't be saying that, but you can't help but laugh. I definitely make a lot of dick jokes in my free time. <laughs> like yeah. so many. <laughs> yeah. They're classics. It's true. I mean, you can't go wrong with the phallus. You know, if I have a nickel every time I've said that. So. <laughs> I actually looked up some stuff about this question. And I looked at what other people answered. Barbara Streisand, Babs, we love her, said George Washington, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, yeah. Albert Einstein, Edward Hopper, Gustav Klimt, and Fanny Bryce. That's interesting. See, because my short list was like Leslie Jones, obviously. Right. Um, Nicki Minaj, because I don't know why I've had this obsession with Nicki Minaj since high school. Remember whenever she was first coming out? It was like 2010, where she was like featuring on everything. Yeah. It was very popular. Like it was like nonstop on the radios. And then I just started continually having dreams about Nicki Minaj. And what was really strange is that in the dream, she was always my girlfriend. And It's not that we were doing anything romantic or sexy or, like, anything like that. It was just, like, a very casual, like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Nicki Minaj. And she was, like, coming to the apartment I lived in with my dad and sister. And we were, like, playing card games and going to, like, Target. And we, like, went to Sonic. And it was very confusing. And it was just really strange. But it was this continual series I had where I was just dating Nicki Minaj. I don't know. I... (laughs) I don't like it's not like she's not girlfriend material, right? She's amazing. Mm-hmm. But also, like Nicki Minaj going to Target is not something that I can picture very well. No, no, it was very strange. And I remember just being confused by it, but also just like not questioning it. You know, it's like that <laughs> Texas saying, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I was like, right? I don't know how I got here, but I don't know. It was just, that's what was happening. I was like, this is what I have the money for right now. So we are, buckle up. You want a face mask? They've got got four for five. Let's go. I had a very similar series of dreams where Beck decided to leave his wife for me. I was in a play in, in like high school or something. I wasn't in high school, but I was just like sitting in watching one. And Beck was there for some reason. Like we were sitting in watching a rehearsal. And Beck was like getting tired and he turned to me and he was like, I'm very tired of being married. And then he put his hand on my thigh and I was like, uh, and then he was like, do you want to go have dinner with me? And I was like, uh, and it was like the same thing. Like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, it's yeah. like, what are you going to do? He's like the coolest person ever. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'm the other woman with, with Beck's wife. And I looked it up. And they got divorced like a year ago. So uh, hey, that is that's... no coincidence there. I think he was dreaming of me too. I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, that feels serendipitous. That feels um, prophetic. And I think that's where your road's leading. To back. So, to back. I feel like I could do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go get him. <laughs> put him on notice so back step your game up if you want some of this <laughs> you're gonna have to earn it um have you ever met a famous person no nobody truly famous huh. i have met a few of uh, the rupaul drag race girls oh yeah but that's as high as we've gone 
which they're pretty famous, but I feel like if we're talking like famous, famous, like A-list celebrities, no, I've never met anybody famous. Have you? I stood in line behind the guy from My Name is Earl at a CVS once. Wow. I didn't even know it was him, actually. (laughs) Okay, this is a crazy story. I'm remembering this. There was one day I was skipping high school, and I went to a mall in Arlington, Texas. Okay. And of all places, Destiny, I'm walking in through the Dillard's entrance, and there is Guy Fieri. What? Doing a meet and greet in the Dillard's, signing his new knives in Arlington, Texas, at like 3.30 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. You said you, I mean, maybe I should rephrase this question, like... Maybe you didn't meet him, but, like, I guess it was a famous person sighting. Yeah, I experienced them. I mean, I could smell the bleach on the tips of the hair. Let me tell you that. That's how close we got. Did he have donkey sauce for sale? I don't know. I was like, wow, this is really a moment. Yeah, I didn't approach. That seems like a joke someone would make. I know. Yeah. But I tell you, you can get confirmation of this event from somebody else. Stranger than fiction. Oh my god. Yeah, Guy Fieri. I do know personally the guy who did the voice of Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. I took a class with him on like comedy writing. I had a roommate whose boyfriend was an animation and he worked on Kung Fu Panda. Oh shit. He's responsible for all the dust. You see? <laughs> and all the fight scenes. He's dust. His name's in the credits. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, those realistic, you know, dust bellows. Scott. Dust. I don't know his last name. But yeah, that's him. He's a very I kind wonder, person. I wonder if, like, that's on his IMDb credits. Like, there's, like, you know how IMDb is, like, split up, like, actor, yeah. director, producer. Like, if you yeah. look up that guy, like, is it just split up as, like, dust i i don't know i mean i'm sure there was other parts of it like he was like i really did focus quite a large deal on that that was his major post for that one he said he also worked on shark tale he worked on that one a lot as well i don't know what he did there i don't think there was any dust involved maybe he did bubbles do you think yeah i think kung fu pan i think the dust was the promotion (laughs) (laughs) let me say I mean, I'll do a lot of things for money, but creating dust for animation is not a skill set I have, so work it. I'm sure he got paid very well for that dust. Probably. Not everybody knows how to just make dust. I know. And to add, like, the layer, I mean, maybe it's easier than we think, but who knows? Somebody's got to do it, and I tell you, they're the man for the job. Well, he did the hell of it. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Let me tell you what, I haven't heard any complaints about the dust scenes in Kung Fu Panda in the years that franchise has been around. So (laughs) that's, if that doesn't say anything. No one's complaining about it whatsoever. I think, I think we've covered basically everything, Thomas. Do you feel like, do you feel like we're friends? I mean, we were already friends. You feel like we're above now? I think we're well on our way. Yeah, I think we're well on the way. I mean, I've still got to, you know, I've got to schedule the white dress fitting. But other than that, we're cruising right along, I'd say. I want to get <laughs> fitted for a tuxedo if you're in the white dress. I want like a Zendaya moment more than anything. 
she is so amazing. I love her fashion sense. Sometimes I wish I could just be that long-legged and skinny and effortlessly gorgeous and talented. I seriously, I was, I was just scrolling through Instagram, but I was just watching her walk and just some little clip. And she was just wearing these pants. And I was like, those pants are like fucking six feet long. <sighs> just, just like that is really a gift. Good for her. You know, good for her. I don't know what that's like. I'm like the exact opposite on the body type scale. I'm like short and round. I'm, no. little, I'm like a little teapot. Hey, well, I mean, songs have still been written about you. It's oh. true. Short and so, stout, bitch. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you, Zendaya knows that too. So yeah. I'll remind her of that next time. <laughs> yeah, when you invite her to dinner. Perfect. Let me know when that's coming together. Oh, yeah. No, I'll invite you. We will all face different directions so that she cannot watch us eat. And I plan to make nothing messy or complicated as far as the dish goes. In fact, we'll just go out to eat somewhere else because I'm sure that's what she would prefer. Yeah, I feel like if I ever was granted the opportunity to have that dinner with somebody famous, I'd be like, cool, you're picking. Like, that's part of the experience of you getting to know them. Like, I want you to pick what we're having. Like, anything you want. You can make it yourself. You can have somebody you know make it. We can go to a restaurant. But, like, you pick what it is. What if I also in two really amicable. Gross. I'd eat it with a fucking smile. <laughs> <laughs> the southerner in me, I gotta tell you, there were, uh, my mom was, had quirks, let's say that, um, but she really, whenever something was important, she used to, like, grab both of my hands and then, like, squat down and, like, get right in my face, and she wasn't, like, screaming or anything, but she would just, like, say something, and it just put the fear of God into me every time, and I, like, committed that to memory. She was just, like, if anybody ever invites you to the house and they have cooked you a meal, you do not spit that out. You do not ask for anything else. You eat that meal, and you say, thank you, Thomas, and I was just, like, okay, and I think it was because somebody, my brother was talking about how he didn't like, he, he like rejected a meal at somebody's house. And my mom was very angry and embarrassed okay. by this because that's like Southern culture. Like, you know, you don't that's disrespect true. people in their house. And I was just like, oh my God, I'll eat anything. And so I used to practice eating things I didn't like because I was very nervous that I was going <laughs> to be in a situation <laughs> where I was going to have to stomach something. And one time I was, I was staying at somebody's house unexpectedly and their mother made breakfast the next morning and it was mushroom omelets which i have to say in hindsight that is quite a bold choice to provide a child that you don't have dietary knowledge of yeah kids hate mushrooms that's like the number one thing picky eaters hate is mushrooms yeah today love mushrooms that sounds divine i'd love it right now but Mm -hmm. i was like this is great. And I was like, I am, I was like, no problem. There is plenty of egg outside these mushrooms. And they noticed me picking around. They're like, I can make you one without mushrooms. I was like, nope, this is perfect. This is just how I like it. And they were like, (laughs) and they were like, no, it's really no problem, sweetie. I can get you nothing. I was just like, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, no, you don't. And I was just like, this is perfect. (laughs) And I just choked back that omelet. I was like, thank you very much. I'll clean this dish for you. Don't even worry about it. I think that's why this question gives you anxiety. 
Yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it. Yeah, that reason alone. I think we've got it. I think we got it. We got all the content, Thomas. I think we got the content. We got the shot. We got the shot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me to do this. I hope all your other sessions and questions go well. And I hope we all fall in love with you. I hope you do. I mean, my point, I think, is to fall in love with you. But if you happen to fall in love with me, that's okay. You're the only one that's going to be answering all 36 questions. Oh, that's a really good point. So if you stay along, everybody, we, at the end of this, if this theory is correct, we're all going to actually fall in love with you. That's true, but everyone would have to listen to every single podcast. Yeah, well, I think everyone here can commit to that. So All 30,000 of you. 30, okay, 000. sure. Uh, that's uh-huh. pretty. Starting low. <laughs> Very ambitious. <laughs> Starting low. <laughs> you know, and by next week, uh, we're the way we're trending here, we're on track for a $300,000, you know, next year. So just, it's, it's all in the cycles. Let me tell you, Barbara's going to invest and we're going to take off. I mean, in sponsorships alone already, like, I'm sure we've, we've given lots of free time. It's about time that uh, GoPuff starts contributing. I know we're going to have to work on um, um, not giving away such free credit, you know? Oh my God. (laughs) Well, on that note, thank you so much for being my little guinea pig and uh, helping me figure this out. 36 questions is a lot. So enjoy. I'm excited to hear how this goes. I was excited that you thought I'd be interesting enough to talk to, to invite on. Yes. So it was... (laughs) Great to make a guest appearance. <laughs> I love that you're putting this together. Just you were like, hey, we talked about this not long ago, and here we are. You got That's it up true. and running. Making things Follow happen, making moves. Oh, wonderful. Perfect. Okay. Well, well I bid you adieu. Thank I you. I bid you adieu. Thank you for talking much. to me. I love you. I'll see you in Portland one day. Yes, one day. Thank you. So that was it. That was episode one. I hope you guys liked it. And even if you didn't, I had a fun time. I had a great time interviewing Thomas. It was awesome to get to know him better and tap into the very silly, very sassy parts of his personality that I don't always get to see via text or Instagram. You know. Anyway, I hope this was entertaining enough to make you want to hold out for episode two, which is going to be published eventually i don't know this is a lot of work but i like it i'm gonna keep doing it we're gonna be answering the question would you like to be famous in what way that's question two of 36 questions that lead to love but yeah appropriately i'm gonna be interviewing the most famous-esque person i know adair byerly who is a former model who has graced the pages of vogue forbes Bella Latina magazine and probably like a billion other things that I'm forgetting. She's a pretty big deal. I'll I'll just say that. But what I like about her the most is that she's she's a beauty with brains and she's devoted her life to studying just that as a student of neuroscience at Harvard. Yeah, big flex there. 
She's also the founder CEO of a company called Entertainment Mindframe. But the episode is not all just going to be brain science. I'm going to try out a few segment ideas that I've got up my sleeve, including a visit by a secret mystery guest. Who could it be? So um, tune in for that eventually. And in the meantime, go ahead and take the time to leave us a review on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Even if you didn't like it. Actually, on, on second thought, don't don't leave us a review if you didn't like it. I don't need that negativity in my life. Also, if you have questions or comments or just want to say hi, you can send us an email at fallinginlovewithfriendspod at gmail.com. There's no my in that. Or... Alternatively, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at falling in love with my friends pod. Yes, there, there's a my in that one. Uh, this has been falling in love with my friends. This is your least interesting friend, Destiny Bickle, signing off, reminding you that if I don't like you, you'll know it. Mm-hmm.